Welcome back, fam. My name is Erica Jordan Thomas, and this is The EJT Show. I'm a former school principal, current entrepreneur, and doctoral student at Harvard Graduate School of Education. I am obsessed with education leadership, and The EJT Show is my way of sharing my leadership and life lessons. During this episode, we are focused on three myths about therapy and why I personally go to therapy. The concept of therapy is taboo in many communities, and even considering going can be scary for many. I believe everyone, especially school and district leaders, should go to therapy, and it is my hope that through today's episode, therapy can feel a little less taboo. If you have ever considered going to therapy, but you're still unsure My goal is that by the end of today's episode, you are one step closer to setting up your appointment. So to give this conversation a little structure, I'll start with dispelling three myths that exist about therapy. I'll share my personal story of why I go to therapy and three reasons why for the past five or six years, I've committed to go to therapy at least once a month. So let's start with three myths about therapy. So I made a post on my social media asking others what myths they've heard about therapy. The three myths that we'll be going over together are trends amongst the responses I received, as well as myths that I've heard other people share when stating what holds them back from going to therapy. And some of these myths were honestly why I put off making my first appointment years ago. So let's dispel these myths together. Myth number one is therapy is sharing your business with a stranger. Now, this is a myth because when we first meet our primary care doctor, we share with them important information about ourselves because the more they know, the better they can support us in our health goals. We don't view doctor's appointments as sharing our business with a stranger because they are licensed health professionals who have obtained vast education in their field. We view them as experts in our body's health. When we visit the dentist, we share with them important information about ourselves because the more they know, the better they can support us in our health goals related to our teeth and gums. We don't view dentist appointments as sharing our business with a stranger because they are licensed health professionals who have obtained vast education in their field. We view them as experts in health dealing with our teeth and gums. So there is this stigma that's often associated with going to therapy that will make you believe you are sharing your business with a stranger when in fact therapists are just like doctors and dentists. They are licensed health professionals who have obtained vast education in their field. They are experts in mental health. If this is a myth that has been holding you back from scheduling your first appointment, I would encourage you to remember that therapists are licensed health professionals just like doctors and dentists. Myth number two is if you go to therapy, that means you're crazy. I have heard this one frequently, and I think it's important to start with unpacking the word crazy. We dismiss things that are uncomfortable to us. 
because it isn't always the norm to discuss mental health issues, the word crazy has become a way in our society for us to dismiss mental health issues. We often label mental health issues that we aren't familiar with or have a deep understanding of as crazy. I also think it's helpful to unpack the word mental health because some of us have a one-dimensional definition of mental health issues. The World Health Organization defines mental health as a state of well-being in which the individual realizes his, her, or their own abilities, can cope with the normal stress of life, can work productively and fruitfully, and is able to make a contribution to his, her, or their community. Therefore, anything that prevents you from realizing your own abilities, coping with normal stress, working productively, fruitfully, or contributing to your community, that's a mental health issue. Now, mental health issues can range in their complexity. Oftentimes, we think about mental health issues that are the most complex. So we might think of bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, OCD, when we think about mental health issues. These are mental health issues, and mental health issues can be worrying. It could be anxiety, negative thoughts, fear. Anything that prevents you from being your best self is a mental health issue. So this myth also creates this false narrative that you have to be in the midst of a mental health crisis, have a pre-diagnosed mental health disorder, or suffer from deep trauma in order to go to therapy. Now, what I love about therapy is that it's a multifaceted tool that will meet you where you are. I've gone to therapy once a month for the past five or six years, and there were times where I might have been anxious about something and maybe having trouble sleeping. So I would talk about it during my therapy appointment. And then there were other times where I would come to my therapy appointment feeling in really good spirits, and I'm sharing an update on my life with my therapist. And we would talk about the thoughts, interactions that produce the outcomes of joy or peace that I was experiencing. I would leave these appointments more aware of how to create peace and joy for myself. So wherever you are in your personal journey, Therapy will meet you there and walk alongside you towards the destination that is most meaningful for you. And going to therapy doesn't make you crazy. It makes you a healthier human for yourself and others. Now, myth number three is if you know Jesus, you don't need therapy. So uh, I hope you can hear my eye roll when I name this myth. And I'm going to pause on it for a second because I've heard it so many times and this is probably the most annoying myth for me. So I am a woman of faith and I grew up in the church. So I've heard this one countless of times. And every time I hear it, I think back to a particular scripture of James 2.17 that faith without works is dead. 
So we must first have faith to see beyond our current circumstances, and then we must put in the work to improve our circumstances. If we go to the doctor and we're diagnosed with a health condition, whether it be the flu, high blood pressure, diabetes, or heart disease, yes, we should pray. And we also need to take the medication prescribed by our doctor and follow their recommended lifestyle changes. We put in the work. This myth, again, goes back to the stigma that has been created around therapy. This stigma has created a false narrative that positions therapy different than other medical services. We put in the work and take our medication prescribed from the doctor when we have an issue with our physical health. When we have an issue with our mental health, no matter how big or small, putting in the work is going to therapy. I also don't think it's healthy to create either ors. So this ideology that you can either pray about it or go to therapy, it reflects a mindset of scarcity when faith actually gives us a mindset of abundance. So you can go to church, you can pray, you can talk to a trusted friend, you can go running and so many other things that give you peace and you can still go to therapy. So don't fall into this trap of the either or. All right. So those are three common myths about therapy. And it's my hope that we've been able to dispel some of those together. Now I want to share with you a little bit about my own journey discovering therapy as an invaluable tool and why I go. So I started going to therapy maybe five or six years ago. I don't remember the exact moment that made me consider therapy. I just recall finding myself in a pattern, a pattern of being disappointed in someone else for not emotionally showing up. Sometimes it was a friend. Sometimes it was someone I was dating. And this thing just didn't happen like once or twice. It would happen multiple times. It was a pattern of the same thing. And when the next link in the pattern would show up, it would be undeniable. It would be something over the top, some wild event that would push me to ask myself, how did I end up here? I didn't like the pattern and I didn't know how to get out of it. I recall talking to a friend at the time about this pattern and they recommended therapy. They shared their experience going and how talking with a therapist was extremely helpful for them. And one of my biggest reservations about going to therapy, honestly, was how much it would cost. My friend told me to check with my insurance because it could be covered. So I did some investigation and learned that therapy appointments are covered by my insurance, just like a doctor's appointment. So now I had no excuse not to go. So my friend gave me the contact information for therapists and I booked an appointment. So going to my first therapy appointment, I didn't know exactly what to expect. I do remember being nervous, waiting in the office lobby area because I had this fear that someone I knew would like walk through the door and like I would be exposed. 
And when my therapist walked out and said my name, I like stood up and kind of did that quick, brisk walk to kind of hurry up and get out of the waiting area. And now this was a small office that had like maybe six chairs in the waiting area. So the likelihood I would run into somebody was pretty small. But at the time, I felt a little bit of shame for not knowing how to solve my own problems. But now I know that no one has all the answers. We all have stuff we are working through and it's our stuff and needing support to work through the stuff that actually makes us human. So I walked into my therapist's office and for some reason, I wondered if I had to lay down flat on the couch. Like, I think it was from seeing therapy in the movies. The person seems to always be laying out on the couch, bearing their soul And so when I walked into my therapist's office, it looked like an ordinary office. There was a desk, a bookshelf, a couch, a love seat. It was just like normal office furniture. It just didn't fit this image I had in my head of a therapist's office because it was just so normal. I didn't lay down on the couch. I just simply had a seat. I remember leaving my first therapy appointment and realizing I'd done most of the talking, which actually felt really good. I also remember a moment when I was telling my therapist about my pattern and my therapist asked me to talk about my relationship with my parents. And I remember thinking, what in the world does this have to do with my pattern? By the end of the appointment, I realized I had more exploring to do. I didn't really leave with answers, but I left with more questions and I left feeling lighter and curious. So I booked another appointment. I happened to have an experience where the first therapist I tried ended up actually being my therapist for about four years until I moved here to Massachusetts for my doctoral program. And I say this to say that it could take some time, a little bit of trial and error to find the therapist that's right for you. Referrals from friends are a good way to find a therapist. But if the first therapist you try doesn't feel like a good match, don't give up. Just find another one. Remember, a therapist is just like a doctor. If you don't have a good experience with a doctor, you don't stop going to the doctor. You just find another one. I've gone to therapy once a month for about five years since that first appointment. And it's become such a necessary tool for me that even when I was a principal, I told my secretary about my appointments and how important they were to me. She was able to be my partner in ensuring that whatever was happening during the school day wouldn't cause me to miss my appointments. And when my therapist semi-retired and he moved to part-time, I would schedule my appointments two to three months out just to make sure I had time with my therapist. When I got into my doctoral program and I had to move out of state, I experienced a genuine sense of loss, knowing that I would no longer be able to see the therapist I had built a relationship with for almost four years. And I also knew that I needed to find another therapist in Massachusetts ASAP. Now, my therapist in Charlotte, where I moved from, was an older white male who was partially retired by the time I moved. And my therapist here in Massachusetts is an older Afro-Latina. 
I didn't have a gender or racial preference for my therapist, but I knew the type of therapy experience I was looking for. And both of them were amazing at delivering just that. And you may have a gender or racial preference for your therapist, and that is totally okay. Think about what you need in order to feel comfortable showing up as your full self. After six years, here are the three reasons why I still go to therapy at least once a month. Reason number one is therapy is taking my mind to the gym. So we go to the gym to take care of our physical health, and therapy is the gym for my mental health. That means that it takes multiple visits to see results. We don't go to the gym once and expect to lose weight or gain muscle. It has to become a habit. That means you can't go to one therapy appointment and expect that you will have all the answers to your life's problems. You will need to go consistently in order to see progress. Reason number two why I go to therapy every single month is therapy helps me become clear on who I am so I can choose if that's who I want to be. So I mentioned that during my first therapy appointment, my therapist asked me about my relationship with my parents. And I was a little taken aback because I hadn't planned on talking about my family because the pattern I was experiencing involved other people. My therapist during the first session mentioned a concept called family of origin. It took me numerous sessions to fully understand this concept and to apply it to my own life. So family of origin refers to the significant caretakers and siblings that a person grows up with your first social group that you belong to, which is often your biological family or your adoptive family. And it's our early experiences that have a major influence on how we see ourselves, others, and the world, and how we cope and function in our daily lives. So going to therapy allowed me to get clearer on my family of origin. These are the unspoken social rules that I was unconsciously following simply because that's how I was raised and I hadn't experienced anything else. So for example, one of my social rules that stemmed back to my family of origin is expressing emotion is a sign of weakness. I grew up in a family that deeply valued resiliency And being resilient looked like the ability to consistently regulate your emotions and keep it together no matter what you were faced with. Now, if you grew up in a different family of origin that led to a social rule that emotions are a healthy form of self-expression, then you can probably see the unintended consequence of operating in the world with a belief that expressing emotions is a sign of weakness. Therapy allowed me to move from being unconscious about this rule to being conscious. And the moment I become conscious about my rules, I get to choose if that's what I want to continue to follow or not. Knowing my rules doesn't mean that I just stop following them forever. I get the power to choose what will best serve me. 
So there are moments when my rules around emotions and resiliency have actually served me very well. So I am a former principal. As the principal, I was the emotional compass for my staff and school community. And there were times that I had to hold it together. I couldn't freely just express my emotions. Now, I might call a friend or a mentor later to express how I was feeling. And when I needed to let my emotions out, I've learned over time and continuing to learn how not to judge myself for it. After going to therapy for about six years, I've learned so much about my family of origin and the social rules that I carry. When you know who you are, you then have the power to choose if that's who you want to continue to be. Reason number three for why I continue to go to therapy every month is therapy gives me the tools to live my best life. One of the most helpful aspects of my therapy journey has been obtaining the formal language that gives me words to what I'm experiencing and tools to help me build the life that I want to live. So an example of this is during one of my recent therapy sessions, I shared a situation that I was experiencing that was making me anxious. And my therapist asked me just such a simple but powerful question. She asked, how are you taking care of yourself? The situation I was sharing wasn't going away anytime soon. It was what it was, but it was making me anxious. And rather than focus on trying to control something that was out of my control, my therapist had me think about ways to take care of myself in the midst of the situation. And when I left the appointment, I had self-identified strategies to help give me some peace and take care of myself. This is just one of many examples. There has been a practicality to my therapy experience that I have appreciated. I've had some appointments where I leave pondering just deep questions. And then there are some therapy appointments where I leave with actions to take to help build the life that is most meaningful for me. So we have gone over three myths about therapy. I've shared a little bit about my story discovering therapy and three reasons why after six years, I still go. It is my hope that through this episode, you feel affirmed in your therapy journey And if you have considered therapy, I hope that through this episode, you are at least one step closer to scheduling your own appointment. So if this episode has been helpful for you, please let me know. Let's connect on social media. I'm at E underscore Jordan Thomas on Twitter and IG. You can find me on Facebook at EJT Consulting LLC. And if you've enjoyed this episode, leave a review and hit the subscribe button. So that way you're the first to know when new content drops. Until next time, good people. Good people.